Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, fellow parents and grandparents out there. I'm on one line down in downtown Salt Lake City, and Linda, hopefully, is on another line up in Park City, not too far away. We'll get together later in the evening. Are you there, honey? I am here, and excited that I have been on the road all week. I, in fact, I have burned up so much gas. I was, I came in here on fumes just now because I didn't dare stop for gas. But it is a lot of gas to get this wedding ready. You know, we when 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 BYU Radio originally suggested the name Ayers on the Road, they were thinking about how much we travel nationally and internationally, speaking to parents and people about life balance and families and marriage and so on. But lately, instead of us being on the road talking to them about it, we're stuck here at home doing it. We've been in, you know, some people say baby jail, Linda, when they have a new baby. We've been in marriage jail the last couple of months trying to get ready for this (laughs) marriage of the century of our youngest daughter. And we highly suggest that none of you do this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's kind of a relief because we know this is our last one. We have one older son who isn't married yet, but he's going to want a small family dinner. You know, it's just the way he is. And this child has dreamed about this for 28 years, and she loves Pinterest. Pinterest is a big problem, you know, (laughs) when it comes to wedding. She keeps getting more Um, ideas that she has to do as part of her wedding. Now, Lest we sound, I mean, you can tell we're saying some of this tongue-in-cheek. Why not have a big wedding? In fact, I think we mentioned last week, honey, that there are some studies now that, that show a direct correlation between how big a wedding is and how long it lasts. And we were speculating on what that connection might be. It might just be that if you go all out, you don't dare not make it work. <laughs> I so guess we're, so. But we're I hope so. We're, we're, this is our youngest daughter, Charity, and if you go online to BYU Radio, you'll see a link to her blog, and you'll get a firsthand idea of how just how wonderful a wedding can be. And we're, I mean, I'm the father of the bride, right? I'm I'm excited. I I'm going to do like Steve Martin did in the movie and take my shoes off and sit back once it's over. But at the same time. Would we want to be anywhere else than right here and right up to our necks in this joyous occasion? I don't think Absolutely so. Absolutely not. It is so fun. We are really enjoying every, well, not every minute. There are, I've just been to the printer for the fourth time uh, to get things right, but it really is so fun to really engage in this last big marriage. By the way, I want to say one thing, lest uh, lest any listeners get the wrong impression. Um, more and more, we're hearing really disturbing comments from people as we do travel the world, talking about marriage and families, and the, the discouraging comments like, "Gee, you know, it costs too much to raise a child. I don't think I can ever have a child." Or, "You know, it costs such a fortune to even get married. I don't think I can ever get married." We're hearing people who are talking about marriage. And family as a sort of a luxury item, something that only the rich can afford. And boy, we want to do everything we can to put uh, put that kind of nonsense to rest. I mean, yes, we're having a big wedding. Does it have to be terribly expensive? No. In fact, 
some of the great things I think, Linda, that's that's happened from this this experience. And and again, we're not going to mention any numbers, but I'm going to tell you, if any of you were to come to these receptions that Charity's planning, you would think, and you were to estimate what they cost, you would be way off because what we did, and we did it out of necessity, but also because we think it's the right thing to do, we we gave her a budget. We said, this is how much we feel like we can reasonably spend on your wedding. And it was modest, believe me, compared to what I'm sure a lot of people spend. And um, bless her heart, she and her fiancé have taken that to heart, and they've looked for ways to – they've got a lot of their friends contributing things. They've got a friend doing the videography. They've got another friend doing the uh, – uh, the flowers. photography. They've got someone doing the flowers. They arranged some trades on the on the uh, the catering and so on. So I just get bugged when people start saying, "Oh, you've you've either got to have just you know a modest wedding where you go into the justice of the peace and he just marries you, or you've got to be fabulously rich." That's just nonsense. There are ways, and many of you listeners know this. I mean, you've had your own weddings and you've you've learned that it's good for the bride and groom to have a budget and to stick to it. And it teaches them a lot. And believe me, they're going to have that right after they're married. They're going to need to learn to stick to a budget. So why not make the wedding a bit of a training ground for that? Right, honey? Absolutely. In fact, um, we have one particular couple who's particularly good at finding deals and cutting corners and making things work. And they're living like kings, but for hardly anything, um, because they know how to trade and barter and do things in a, an economical way. In fact, I just came from the zoo just now. Where and by the way, we prayed this gorgeous weather in. I mean, I'm saying that facetiously, but we Those are so grateful we're Utah, having the weather. The weather is cooperative. Weather in Utah. Anyway, um, we just went to the zoo, and when I got there and saw how much that was to get their family in, I just about died. It is hugely expensive. But as uh, as per usual, the mom had seen or found um, that you could get coupons at Schwab Tires, uh, buy one get one free, and they got the whole family in for thirty five dollars instead of a hundred and something dollars. Um, it really is amazing what you can do if you're really looking to save some money. Well, and the, you know, obviously this is not a show on, on cutting coupons or finding deals, but it has a lot to do with families because, uh, again, many of you read our newspaper column and you know that we've been pretty vocal about the ridiculous estimates that you read in the paper about how much it costs to raise a child. We're talking, many of the articles lately have claimed that it costs a quarter of a million dollars to raise a child, and we've been trying to debunk that myth, myth. Sorry, we've looked into the makeup of those numbers, and you know they're they're figuring things like eighty-five thousand dollars for housing, as though every child you have, you're going to build another wing onto your house. Or, right, you know, and you're going to uh, have every preschooler in preschool that costs six hundred dollars a month. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, you know they have to have designer clothes, so that's hugely expensive. I don't know why they are doing that because I just don't know many parents who live like that. Now we want to get to the theme of today's show, but as usual, we get on a few tangents. The theme today is commitment, and you can see why we're thinking about that. But but we just wanted to get our we just sort of wanted to get a couple things off our chest, and 
and just say to you listeners, do not listen to people who say weddings have to cost a fortune or to people who say raising a child has to cost a fortune. The, ha- the happiest families we know have a certain element of struggle and teamwork. And the biggest problem, the biggest uh, annoyance with these things about how much it costs to raise a child is they always assume the child will never lift a finger to help support himself. And they forget that kids can have jobs after school. They forget that kids can have summer jobs. They forget that it's good for kids to feel some of the responsibility. So end of soapbox, let's move to the theme of the show, which is, as you might expect, with a wedding coming up, commitment. (laughs) That is the big deal right there. And there is such a lot of concern across the nation right now by people who are married and have had happy, wonderful family lives of the number of people that are deciding not to get married. They just can't commit. They they don't want to commit. They like their life of leisure, not having responsibilities, and um, commitment is what marriage is all about. In fact, we wrote our our little column for the Desert News last week on on an interesting question. I think you'd agree it's interesting. Should should commitment be thought of as something that you do after you've tried it out and you're pretty sure you've sort of taken the test drive and now you want to make a commitment? And that's sort of the theory of people who believe in cohabitation. Let's live together for a few years. If it works out, if we still like each other, if if we think it's a good idea, then you know what? We'll have a marriage. We'll have a wedding. Or should commitment be thought of as the thing you do in order to be sure you do make it through the next few years. And and our premise, of course, is that without a strong commitment, which is often spelled M-A-R-R-I-A-G-E, you don't have the level of commitment that gets you through the hard times. When you have a disagreement, when you have a serious issue, when you face a crisis, and there's no commitment, there's no marriage. It is just too easy to say, well, we tried it out, it didn't work, let's move on to the next thing. And that is such a disaster for many people in their lives. It casts them adrift. It's it's in some ways, I, I was gonna say worse than divorce, and, and divorce is not always bad, clearly, nor nor is separation from a, a cohabitation system necessarily bad. There are genuine cases where people need to get away from each other. There's no question about it. What we're concerned about is the people walking away either from a marriage or now much more commonly from a, a live-together situation without a marriage just because the going gets a little tough and they find that there are some things they don't agree on. Commitment well, is and- what gets you through the difficult times. And besides that, I mean, it's just uh, marriage has become a disposable thing. I mean, it's, it's a disposable world as far as marriage goes anymore. And I maybe I've mentioned this story on air before, but I can't remember of it. I was at Trader Joe's checking out one day, uh, maybe about six weeks ago, and um, the cute checkout girl was a darling. She's about 21 and and all bubbly and so on, <clears throat> and she said and lots of tattoos and you know just but really enthusiastic and darling she said what are you doing tonight um are you doing anything fun and it just happened to be that we were going out for anniversary dinner i said yes we're going out for anniversary dinner and she said really how long have you been married 
And I said, oh, 45 years. And she just threw in her breath. And and she paused for a minute, and then she said, did you mean to be married that long? It was like, <laughs> this is shocking. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> and it, it really is it? interesting. Um, really, it's just so fascinating that so many young couples now go into marriage thinking, I'll, I'll try this out. If it doesn't work, no big deal. We'll just go on to something, somebody else that makes it better. And, commitment, and that, commitment, commitment. That's the, that's the key to everything. And, and when we come back after a little break, we're going to try to get downright practical and, and suggest some methods or some means whereby couples as they're approaching marriage or as our daughter is now, or after they are already married, and even if after they've been married for many years, what are some practical ways that couples can enhance and increase their commitment? Be back right after the break. Are you back? I am back, too. Can you hear me? Yes, indeed. You sound wonderful. I kind of miss you. I'll see you in an hour or so. All right. We've been apart all day. Oh, man, that's really hard on us. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> I almost Actually, it's I go so nice. I, I get can out. just get a lot done when you're not around. Oh, you just couldn't leave it alone when you said just the right thing. You had to have <laughs> that last part. <laughs> oh, well, man. You know, I think, uh, let's be honest, Linda, the reason we're still together is because we have a strong commitment. <laughs> yeah, we, absolutely. You, there you'd have walked been, out on me years ago, you know, let's be honest. You would have. I, I have lie. to be honest. I mean, there are times when I have thought, I cannot do this anymore. This is such an eccentric person. How could I have known that when I married him? <laughs> Nobody, that's and, the funny thing. Everyone thinks they know their fiance before they get married, and then they get married, and a couple of years go by, and they're like, wow, I had no idea. I didn't even, I knew like one tenth of you, you know? And, and yeah. that's okay. I mean, that's the adventure of being, being married and so on. But the, the difference, honestly, I mean, I know it sounds, it sounds obvious, but, but we don't, we don't remind ourselves of this often enough. The difference between commitment and non commitment is that, you don't second guess yourself. If the commitment's strong enough, when the going gets tough, you you don't you don't start saying, "Oh, maybe should have you know should have could have would have maybe that was a bad decision. Maybe I shouldn't have got married." And and yeah. you know the whole thing can unravel. Whereas if the commitment's strong enough, you're like, "Well, no one said it'd be easy. Let's work it out because we're committed." You know, and, and and boy, it makes mountains into molehills basically in terms of how how tough the problems seem if the commitment's there. However, you mentioned earlier that we have to keep reminding people that we know that there are situations where you really need to call it off. Right. There oh, are sure. abusive situations and situations that just are not good for the children um, and it's not going to change. You know, that you have to consider that. Now, how do you, let's get practical here. How do you strengthen the commitment that you have if you are already married. Let's talk about that for a minute, and then we want to end the show by talking about the commitment as, as you approach marriage, like our like our daughter's doing now. I just want to throw out a couple of really quick things, Linda, and you'll probably have better ones to add. But I think I think if married couples 
have certain sort of rituals, I, I would call them, or, or traditions which continue their courtship. It, it always tends to strengthen commitments. A lot of couples we know have a weekly date. They go out without their children. They go take in a movie or go to dinner or something, and they try to make it as much like a courting period as they can. And, and those kind of traditions, whatever ones you work out that sort of that sort of say we are deliberately working to enhance our commitment. We're not taking it for granted. We're doing things on a regular basis to reinforce it. And that, the same thing I want to mention, which is not done very often in our culture, but it actually happens more and more frequently in a lot of cultures, and I don't mean foreign cultures, I mean just different American uh, societal structures, and that is recommitting through renewing our vows. You, you see a lot of people, among the people we often speak to, who are business people, highly educated, uh, high-income people in many cases, they will go. We've been running into people more and more who every year they have a tradition of going to a church or to a justice or to some actual official and restating their vows, their marriage vows to each other, just as a reminder we are married. We are committed to each other. We love each other more each year. And, you know, these are str anything you do that reminds you of the commitment you've made and strengthens it is a good thing. It really is so true. And, you know, you, you go along, I mean, you know the old story about um, what's his name from Scandinavia who said, I told you I loved you on the day I was married, uh, the day I married you, and if anything ever changes, I'll let you know. Um, it really <laughs> is so important <laughs> to keep talking about how much you love each other, that you're committed to each other. To say that to each other once a day really makes a difference because you think that they know that, but unless it's actually verbalized sometimes, it really as they really don't know, especially if you're kind of nitpicking a lot, which I sometimes tend to do. Richard, sorry about that, but um, there I, he's had got a honeydew list about a mile long on this wedding, and it's like, did you do that? Well, I thought you did that yesterday. Well, you know, and all that you can get really <laughs> negative, and so it's important to stay positive. I think stay, stay positive. really yeah. positive. And I want to point out in what you just said, honey, that that saying "I love you" is wonderful, and of course we should do that often but but that doesn't necessarily all i mean that that should imply commitment but go a step further and say you know you are the most important person to me and i am and always will be committed to you it doesn't hurt to verbalize those things i mean you don't have to have a official restating of your marriage vows to do it you can do it when you feel prompted to do it. you can do it when you think your partner needs the reassurance of that commitment. And you, I don't think you can do it too, I guess theoretically you could do it too often and it would get a little boring, but pick your moments and make those recommitments. Now, if you're a young couple, and I don't know how many are listening to this show who are engaged or who are in love and thinking about getting married or getting engaged, but, um, you know, one of the things that's magical, and we've watched it with, with our daughter and her fiancé, They've got three days now left until their wedding. And, and what we've watched unfolding is, to me, very interesting. It's like, because they're both a little older is relative, but he's 30 and she's just turned 28. And and um, 
some would say, well, you know, the older you get, the more fixed you get in your ways and so on. And so we've watched this blending process as they've tried to get used to the idea that they're really going to share their lives. And I think it's fair to say, and I don't think they'd be offended knowing we're saying this, that there's a little insecurity there. Like, you know, can I really trust this person? Is this really, can I make this big, big change? Can I, you know, start caring about someone else more than about myself and so on and so forth? And and I think what we've watched is that insecurity that comes with those kind of questions, we've watched it dissolve as their commitment has become stronger. And I think there came a point without getting specific where our daughter's fiance made it very clear to her that he was committed and he was committed forever. And there was nothing that could change that commitment. And I, I think from that moment on, there was a peace. There was a feeling, uh, not that the, not that all the problems were gone or all the stress was gone and planning a wedding or whatever. It's not like a magic pill. But I think there was a peace and a security that settled over our daughter that's hard to measure. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to overvalue that because that's what you want for your spouse. You want, you want to give to him or to her a feeling of security. And there's no better way to do that than to make it clear that this is an unchangeable, um, even irrational, if you want to go that far, total commitment. Well, that is so true. And But let me also, I'm just sitting here. Uh, one of our daughters decided to put together a little book of recipes and the best advice they can from the other sisters and sisters-in-law in the family. And um, some of them were just sent in today. And let me just mention a few of them because I think they're really apropos and they're really good and maybe not work for everyone. But um, one that Shawnee sent in is go to bed at the same time. She says, I know it doesn't work for everyone, but it's the single best time ever to talk. When we go go for a while with me staying up later, I feel lessening our bond. And when I make a conscious effort to get just to drop everything and head to bed when Dave's ready, it makes a world of difference. And then she also says, and which I think is the most important thing, which we were just talking to our daughter Charity about night before last, the only person you can change is yourself. You know, I went into our marriage thinking, oh, wow, there's a couple things I don't like about this person, but I can change that in a hurry. (laughs) I'll just whip him into shape and no problem because I know how to do it. And what you learn in a big hurry is that you are the only one who can change what's happening. You can't change the other person. And and they may change because you change, but there is no way you can just snap your fingers and say, I don't like that. Change that. Yeah, I think that's really wise, honey. And that is, that is interesting that our older daughters who are experienced in marriage, how long has Shawnee been married? I guess she's been married 15 years. Almost 20 More years, than that, honey. Almost ni- 19 20 years. 20 years this year. So she's, she's offering 19 years of experience. And, and, and it is interesting that uh, in this little book they're putting together for our youngest daughter, most of the advice that they are giving to their younger sister really does sort of boil down to commitment in one form or another. It boils down to doing things that demonstrate that this is unconditional. 
I mean, you know, we're sort of throwing the word commitment around as though it means the same thing to everyone, and it may not. But, but I think most would agree that in the marriage context, commitment is unconditional. I mean, that's why even civil traditional marriage ceremonies that aren't particularly religious, that's why they say in sickness, in health. That's why they say, you know, till death do us part. And and in the LDS community, it's even more of a commitment for time and for all eternity. But the very wording of most marriage uh, ceremonies or vows has to do with the unconditionality, if that's a word, of commitment that is to be made. And I think we're slipping a little away from that. So those of us who value commitment and who know how powerful it is and what a difference it makes need to not only seek ways to renew our own commitments to each other, but be maybe a little more vocal about how important commitment really is and how it is the thing that gets you through the tough times. It really is. And and in that context of commitment, um, one of our other daughter-in-laws here, I'm just looking at these these great suggestions. She says that she had a professor once who said, it's all about having a soft heart or a hard heart. When conflicts arise, if you can remember to keep a soft heart and kind of look at it from their viewpoint, you can get through anything. And I think there is something to that because you kind of harden yourself. And I am right I cannot understand why the stupid person cannot see that he is wrong. And, yeah. you know, that that hard heart really does make a difference as far as, I mean, that's part of the commitment. You need to listen to what they say. And, and my favorite, of course, of all time, Richard, you've heard this so many times, is if it's important to you, it's important to me. And I think that's part of a commitment, too, because, you, you know, a lot of things that are really important to you that I think is totally crazy. But... <laughs> But you I just have to let you know because it's just no, one of those things where you realize yeah. how important it is to you. You practice what you preach on that. I've got to say, honey, you you treat it as important, some things that are important to me, even though you think they're downright trivial. And I appreciate it. And guess what? We're out of We're time. We're out of time. I'll give you the last word, honey. Send them on the road. Well, just know that we are going to survive this week with flying colors. We know that everything's going to work out except for the several crises that will probably happen between now and, and Thursday and Friday. But we wish you all well, and we really hope that you give commitment a few thoughts this week. It's so important in a marriage. Thanks for listening in. See you next in. time. See you next time on Ayers on the Road. 